Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Really dumb. Welcome everyone to the Really 007 podcast. I'm Tom Pickup and we're here for a very special interview with a very special guest and a Bond girl. It's great to have a Bond girl on the show. So mm-hmm. our fans know how much we love the Timothy Dalton films and his era as James Bond. And we've, we've spoken to an array of guests from Tim's two films. But now we have one of the best Bond girls in the history of the 007 franchise. We all agree Thank with you. that. We have Mariam Darbo, who of course played Cara Milovi. In the living daylights. So welcome. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Great to see you, Marianne. Thank you for coming. Yeah. You can watch all our other interviews on our YouTube channel. We've got iTunes and Spotify if you want to listen to them as well. And yes, please subscribe and enjoy those. They're all there. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find more silly interactions between Bond fans across the world. But today I have with me esteemed really 007 contributors. I have a power couple. We have Chris and <laughs> Jess Goldie here. So good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> and I've also Hi. got uh, <laughs> I've also got my brother Matthew. So it's Tom and Matthew here, Marianne. Okay. Hiya. <laughs> Hiya. Good to meet you all. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant to meet you, So yes, Marianne's obviously had a, a very long career in film, television, and on stage with a, a wide variety of productions in many different countries as well. Of course, though, as Bond fans, we best know her as uh, Timothy Dalton's first Bond girl, Karen Malovi, one of the stars of The Living Daylight. So it's, it's just great to have you here, Marianne. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't play the cello. <laughs> we were going to ask you that, yeah. It looks very convincing, though. What? Yeah. No, I had to. I had to. I had four weeks of, of rehearsing the, the movements with the, the cello teacher of all the Dvorak pieces, concertos for, mm. for a cello that we, um, we they shot. They basically soak the bow with dry soap, so you take the sound away. And then uh, I just had to learn uh, how to, you know, mind the movements yeah. and, and look as if I was playing. So, so it was it was not easy, I'll tell you that. My fingers were like pretty much hurting on, on, on the strings. <laughs> and uh, 
I had to keep my back straight and it was, uh, you know, and look very convincing. But I had an amazing teacher, cello teacher who was Eastern European. She was actually Czech. And uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting uh, sort of, you know, getting the knowledge about uh, musicians, about cellists, about practicing with the, the symphony orchestra in Vienna and with John Barry conducting. So it was really, really great, very exciting, Gosh. thrilling. Yeah, just to have John Barry there as well on stage with you, that must have been amazing. Uh, it was thrilling. I mean, I, 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 we saw, I mean, I saw John Barry quite a bit on the, on the film set at Pinewood Studios because he was uh, obviously, you know, composing the music for, for our film, for The Living Daylight. So um, saw quite a lot of him and he, him and his, uh, his wife, uh, Laurie Barry, um, great friends of Barbara Broccoli's. So, they were always around, they were very supportive. Um, so, but having John Barry conduct was amazing. And I really felt like I was playing with this uh, orchestra that was sort of carrying me and lifting me, you know, making me believe that I was actually making sound and playing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife played the cello and, and she was very convinced. Yeah, it's, it's not easy, is it? It's uh, Even if you're pretending, it's not easy. <laughs> I know you have to start when you're about eight years old, you know, if you really want to become a, a yeah. good musician. Yeah. So that's one of the hardest in string instruments anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's in incredibly convincing for only four weeks. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, definitely. I have to thank my teacher for that and for uh, John Glenn, the way uh, I was shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've actually spoken to John Glenn and he... Spoke very highly of you, and of course, all the other actors we've spoke to just say he he was just so effortless with the with the actors. You let them do what they wanted and sort of express. Yeah, that. John's very chill, very chill, and because he comes from an editor background, and he he's already he's edited all the shots in his head, uh, obviously from the script, but he's he, he's got it quite quite succinct. You see, he knows mm. exactly methodically how how every shot's got to be done most of the time anyway and um, he loves actors and he's a really gentle person so uh, it was it was really nice to, to have him uh, supporting us and on board and very confident um, on the way he was shooting it what shot he was going to do so you didn't feel like you were dealing with somebody who had no idea and because it was I think it was his number seven Bond film that he was directing or number six because he'd done you know most of the Roger Moores he was very comfortable it's like the broccolis were his sort of part of the family uh, for him. So, so it was, yeah, it was really, really, really nice to have John as a director. Really enjoyed it. It was, it was a family. We've, we've been hearing this as well. Of course, there was Cubby. Barbara was there, I believe. Was she quite young at the time? Barbara was uh, ex is exactly my age. Uh, so right, yeah. um, and she was learning the, the steps of producing, you know, under her, her, her father's thumb. And so Cubby was really the last film bond film that he physically produced you know because um the second one that he did with timothy dalton that he produced he got very ill so barbara and michael took over um most of it it was a very difficult shoot with the one they did in mexico city awesome we're not saying that uh, the one in, in morocco and vienna was easy but i think it was a much sort of easier shoot in the sense that uh, there was less pressure um, it was ma more manageable in Morocco, you know, and in Vienna. And uh, I think Mexico, they, they had quite a few problems at the studio and communications and all of that. It was just more, more stressful, and particularly because Cabi was sick. 
So mm. and so I was very lucky to uh, to um, have Cabby Broccoli on 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 the, the Living Daylights because he was such a wonderful wonderful energy, wonderful you know leadership, and loved his crew uh, enormously. So he wanted to make sure the crew was happy when we were in Morocco, and there were you know a few few moments when the crew were missing English food or or sort of Western food when we were in the desert and was as that. So Cabby um, had a plane. <laughs> well, I mean, he brought over on, on one of the flights um, pasta from Italy and, and you know, and uh, Barbara cooked all the pasta in, in, in the hotel for the crew, wow. you know, and uh, sort of, so yeah, because I think they, there was a few runny tummies going on um, <laughs> amongst the crew. So um you know, Gabby was always there to make sure his crew was happy um, and his cast, of course, and his cast. Yeah. And uh, really, no, it's a, it's a real family affair working on, on a Bond movie. And I, I don't think you'll meet anybody, any actor who who's had a bad experience on, on, the, on a Bond film. Not that we've spoken to, certainly, no. No. <laughs> they all loved it. No. Yeah, I was just going to ask in terms of kind of obviously saying that um, this is, you know, Kobe's been producing these films, you know, since day one. And, you know, this is a new Bond. This is, you know, Timothy's first film. This feels like there's quite a, a sort of sea change in, you know, the, the approach to making a, a sort of modern Bond film. Was that kind of discussed at the beginning that this is going to be a, maybe a, a slightly more grounded or mature kind of approach to what was, you know, obviously a very long-standing series? Well, um, every time they bring a new um, actor to play Bond, they have to, um, they bring a new style to Bond and of course it's a few years later so the times have changed and they have to adapt to the, the, the uh, actual um, you know current times of, uh, of, uh, of that film that's going to be made so we did it in 1986 1987 from September till February I think 87 and um, of course there was uh, um, a lot of uh, uh, prep that went in with Timothy because originally Timothy was not playing it it was Pierce Brosnan who was uh, who was playing it and he got so much publicity that his, uh, his TV series that he was doing in America got picked up again and he was under contract, so he couldn't get out of it. And uh, Timothy was approached, and I think Timothy had been approached um, way before and felt that he was maybe at some point when Roger Moore was maybe, you know, getting on, I can't remember, but Timothy had been approached before and, and had said no because he felt he was not, he was too young or not right for it. And the second time he was approached, uh, from what I understand and remember, he was—he uh, he loved the idea, but he wanted to make sure that um, everybody was on the same page as far as how he felt he could deliver a good bond, a classic bond, going back to the books, and nothing to do with the way Roger Moore brought his own personality and his wit, charm, you know. Uh, in fact, Roger Moore brought himself on the screen and made Bond his own. Yeah. But, um, uh, and Timothy's a very different uh, character, very different personality. He really wanted to bring the character that he and Fleming had created in the books and wants to be very close to that. Um, so because of that, the whole style changes, you know, the style of from the costumes to the way it's going to be shot to uh, the whole um, attitude of Bond. Um, um, he uh, also his relationship with uh, with uh, the the ladies uh, the, the bond girls and it was a period that was more, more austere you know it's when suddenly you had the aids crisis going on and all sorts of things and they decided to go to 
a more personable relationship between uh, the leading uh, Bond girl and uh, James Bond and make it more, bring more uh, sensitivity, a bit more humanity. And of course, I, I played a role that had no superpowers. You know, I certainly was not Pussy Galore, you know, with superpowers. Uh, uh, I was just a musician, you know, that mm. was a, who wanted to, who came from the East, uh, from Bratislava and wanted to move to the West for a career. Mm. And uh, that's where James Bond, her rescue, her prince, you know, <laughs> takes, her, takes her. So there was that sort of, you know, romantic, more romantic notion of more of a relationship between the two of them. I don't understand. Why are you trying to help me? What did Pushkin want? Did he ask you about Yorgi Koskov? He wanted to know where he was. Did you tell him? No. That was clever of Yorgi, using blanks. Made the British believe his defection was real. How do you know that? told me. You saw him? Two days ago. He's safe and sound. You're a friend of his? We've been through quite a lot together. <laughs> Dear Kyoki. He kept his promise sent for me. Where are we going? To London? No, not yet. The British think he'll be safer if they keep him moving around for a while. We might catch up with him in Vienna. Vienna? We must leave immediately, before they pick you up again. But how? We'll manage. Get packed, bring some warm clothes. And also, I think Timothy uh, Dalton played the character um, less of a, a flirty, you know, way with the, with, with, with the women, uh, more of a loner, more of a thoughtful bond and more of a loner. Owner. In, in fact, like a lot like in the books, in, in Ian Fleming's uh, uh, early, you know, mm. um, books that he wrote. So, of course, you know, he was always desired and attracted, uh, uh, attracted to beautiful uh, women. And uh, in a way, James Bond is like uh, Ulysses, isn't he? Crossing and coming across all those sirens on his path. <laughs> yeah. And some stop him and divert him and some others, you know, uh, get crushed on the way. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but uh, I, I was lucky I survived and managed to get to the West and uh, perform uh, perform uh, first concerts, you know, on the West side of the block. Mm. I think that's so, what, one of the most sort of striking things about the film is your relationship with Bond, about how, how believable it is. And there is that, like you mentioned, that there is a, a sense of romance about it. That, that, that it's not, like you say, that, that not disposable characters that you feel that you're part of the plot, but actually driving it, you have a sense of, you know, you have agency, which sadly you can't say that a lot about a lot of uh, female characters, not just in Bond films, but in, in films in, in general. So I think every time I go back and watch it, I think it it's, it's feels like such a modern film I do think really? that you know, yeah. in the past few years, I feel like that we've regressed a little bit in the depiction of female characters. And, you know, that the, there are certain kind of no beats that films have to make nowadays. And like you say, this sort of like box ticking, I just think it feels like really fresh. And, you know, if you showed that to someone, you know, this is the first Bond film, you'd think this was made, you know, in the, in the mm. past decade. It feels, the action is great. It is beautifully shot, I think. You didn't find it politically incorrect? 
<laughs> it, it, only in the in the sense that that's what that was what the politics were at the time. I know, and, I know. Things change. You know, that's why when when I, I I haven't seen it in a while, but we did have a a celebration at Pinewood Studios with cast and crew twenty seven years after we'd uh, done the film, yeah. and uh, they did a screening, and uh, I laughed the whole way through. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was hilariously funny, um, and 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 quite sweet actually. I, I was quite endeared by it. But I just thought it was hilarious because the whole politics had completely changed. Yeah. Um, you know, the Russians mm. were not so occupied, uh, were, 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 were there at the time, you know, in Afghanistan. And so mm. the, the Mujahideens were the heroes, which uh, yeah. a lot of them, you know, turned out to be Taliban and extremists. Yeah. But not all of them, but um, because the term Mujahideen means freedom fighters. So, um, but at the time they were fighting for their freedom, you know, um, mm. against the Russian mm. occupation. Mm. So I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I, I, I really thought it was very funny uh, to watch for me, you know. And uh, some of my lines are just like, oh my God, you're so naive. But then, you know, she was a musician and she yeah. was her yeah, age yeah. then and she was... Yeah. But of yeah. course, I was watching it uh, not from uh, from uh, the same perspective anymore. But I, yes, I, 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 it was it was an endearing relationship between Tim and uh, and Kara, well, James Bond and Kara Milovi, because also, well, there was more heart in the screenplay for her role, uh, more thought and more heart put in those few scenes that we had together. But also, um, Timothy was a lovely actor to work with, very supportive you know, a real pro, very caring, uh, you know, actor. So, of course, he wanted me to be as good as I could be uh, and we'd both be good in the scene. So, yeah, the, the, it was it was good because I could never be fake with him. I always, you know, I always had to bring a, a, a reality, an emotional reality uh, in our scenes with him because he, he brought that. I'm very uh, supportive of uh, Timothy having played James Bond. I know everybody has... It's the generational thing and people have their different opinions. But I think at the time, I think he was uh, he was really, um, uh, you know, uh, a big change uh, in the times to to bring this bond that he brought, which was more thoughtful, more of a loner, more, more, you know, just uh, more solid uh, mm-hmm. in like in the books. So um, I loved working with him uh, and uh, don't know what it would have been like working with Pierce. But anyway. Tim was my Vienna's yeah. mm. yeah. beautiful, just like Georgi said. You care for him a great deal, don't you? I owe him everything. My scholarship at the Conservatoire, my strat. Your cellos are Stradivarius. A famous one, the Lady Rose. Georgi got it in New York. Quite a present. Maybe someday I'll play there, at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> Georgi believes I can do it. I'm sure he's right. We go to him now? Yeah, unless he had to move on. If he did, I'm sure he left a message. Could I ask about the audition process and your casting, if that's OK, Mariam? It's a funny story because uh, we mm. sh- we started shooting in, uh, I think, October 86. And in the beginning of, I think, in February uh, 1986, my, my agent uh, from ICM called me up and said, look, I'm doing a screen tests at Pinewood Studios, trying to cast the, um, the, the lead actor for James Bond, to play James Bond. And they need an actress to, uh, to be there to do the scene from Russia with Love. And they're going to do like a proper shoot, you know, a proper screen test at Pinewood Studios. And Covey Broccoli will be there and John Glenn's going to be directing the screen test. And you will be paid for the day. 
and uh, because I was free, um, and also uh, because uh, Kabi would get to meet, you know, uh, me uh, as an actress and see how I worked, you know, in the screen test for, you know, future of knowing, ah, oh, you know, we, 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 we've seen Mariam and uh, she might be good one day for a role. I think, you know, he, he liked to get to know his actors or see what they could do. And so it was a day's um, shoot at Pinewood. I did it with quite a well-known actor in France. who's a marvellous actor called Lambert Wilson. He did a very, very good uh, screen test to play James Bond. But, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's a committee meeting between the studios and the Broccoli's. And uh, they decided that uh, Lambert Wilson was not, uh, not uh, right. Uh, maybe he was, I don't know, an old-fashioned Bond. He's a, he's a, he's a marvellous actor. He does a lot of theatre. He's, he's, he's a big, big name in France. Right. He's completely bilingual. Um, in fact, we went to the same drama school in London at Drama Centre, uh, but he's French, uh, but he's totally bilingual. I see him uh, on stage in, in Paris uh, and uh, we always laugh about it because he says, you just came in to feed the lines and you're the one who got the <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> So, um, you know, uh, so uh, that was that. And then I went off to do a movie in Germany, Laughter in the Dark, uh, Nabokov novel adapted to the screen set in 1930s in Berlin with Maximilian Schell, Sandy Dennis, Ed Herman, and there was going to be Mick Jagger. But anyway, the whole film uh, collapsed after, uh, I think, three, four weeks shooting we did at, uh, in Munich at um, the, 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 the studios in Munich because the money didn't come through. There was some sort of this Eastern European producer, but the money... Not all the money was coming through, was rolling in. So the movie stopped. But I had changed a lot uh, for this film. That's why I'd lost quite a, a bit of weight because the, the, the film collapsed and it was quite a thing. And, you know, and um, I had a very different look. I had, I had hair cut, you know, sort of 19, 1930s Berlin. Uh, and I looked much more uh, Slavic and Eastern European. And so... That was that, and it was it was quite hard for for us to sort of you know leave a film halfway through. And the um, first time director of this film, uh, Laughed in the Dark, showed it, uh, edited the months of the three four weeks shooting into um, a twenty minute film, and showed it to studios uh, in America to see if he could get the finance to continue the film. And one of the studios that saw it was United Artists, which is now MGM. And United Artists, uh, you know, uh, were at the time uh, doing the Bond movies. So they hadn't cast their, they'd cast Pierce Brosnan, um, and they hadn't cast their um, leading actress to play this Czechoslovakian uh, cellist. Uh, they couldn't find her, apparently. And uh, I had no idea of all of this going on. I just moved on and didn't even think twice about it. And I just happened to bump into uh, Barbara Broccoli at the health club. And she did a double take because I changed physically a lot. And she decided to tell her father to bring me in at Pinewood uh, for an interview with John Glenn and everybody because I had, I changed. I was just very different. I think when I did the screen test early uh, February 1986, I looked, you know, I had long hair. I, I, I wasn't as sculpted because I, was, I had more baby fat. I, was, um, I lost quite a bit of weight on the, on the Nabokov film. In Germany because it was quite tense stress there's a lot of stuff going on so I just looked you know I just had a completely different look and feel and um, 
the uh, studio uh, in the, in uh, in LA, uh, United Artist, uh, liked me and thought I'd be uh, from seeing me in the film, uh, the twenty minute cut of Laugh in the Dark, and they all decided that uh, I was the one. So I just got a call one day, coming out of a singing lesson, lesson uh, from my agent, saying that um, I got the role, and I was just. I was completely flabbergasted. I was the last thing I was expecting because I hadn't really heard anything except I went for an interview and I saw everybody was going for interviews and I just met them. I didn't audition for them or anything. I just met them. And that was it. You know, I was cast and we started shooting in October. So the whole thing was very sur surreal for me because I obviously never saw myself being a Bond girl, you know, uh, being in a Bond film. Um, and uh, so it, it, it was kind of a dream, but I didn't have much time to think because there's a lot of work to do, learning how to horseback ride properly, properly, yeah, yeah. cello, you know, costumes, prepping and all of that. There was just a lot. And then doing, you know, all the, the press stuff because we did to do a big press conference in Vienna. So there was, one was busy, mm. very, very busy. Quite the ride. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, it was great. Yeah, it was quite a ride. And then we were um, two weeks in Vienna and then we went to Morocco. Morocco was amazing. We were in Tangier and in Wazazat, which was incredible. The desert, getting up at dawn and the most amazing skyline. And oh. and then I had a beautiful Arabic horse there, white, gorgeous. And we went, um, we had to sort of, you know, get used to our horses. Uh, so with all the stuntmen and, and the actors, we'd go uh, riding and come back at, at dusk. Uh, with the stuntmen, and uh, I was very, um, I was very tough because I was the only female <laughs> riding with yeah. all, all of the stuntmen and, and, and Timothy and Art Malik. You know, maybe there was a stunt woman who was there. I can't remember, but I just felt like I was in Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because actually, for a civilian, Cara does get stuck into quite a lot of action, uh, doesn't she? Lot, like, yeah, she, you know, says so she horse rides, she she shoots, mm -hmm. shoots a rifle, doesn't she? Well, shooting a gun for a casting. <laughs> Shooting a gun was perfect casting because I, uh, I'm terrified of guns. I can't stand guns and the noise it makes. So it was absolute perfect casting because I didn't know how to shoot with a gun, with a, with a, you know, with a shotgun. Yeah. So they, I, I guess they did some a good casting. There. Yeah. And did you did you have um, a practice of riding in a cello case <laughs> down the side of a mountain? Well, you know, we spent, uh, I think we spent about two, three days doing all of that sequence and certainly a day and a half doing uh, um, the cello. And that was also quite uh, stressful for me because I'm scared of, as I said, gunshots, bullets and all of that. And they put, you know, underneath the snow, these um, little pops so that when the cello went down the slope, it looked like they were shooting at us and you'd hear... And I was like, you know, like that. And it was quite cold. And I had the controls on my side of the cello case. Um, and Hugh, or Hugh, sorry, that's my husband. Timothy. <laughs> Timothy. Um, Timothy was um, obviously twice my weight. So the cello, I had a hard time controlling it for it to go straight down the slope. And sometimes it wanted to go down into the ravine. Other times it wanted to go towards the camera crew. And then at the end, when we arrived at the bottom of the slope, because it would speed quite fast I had to break and uh, once we kind of like spinned and Tim we all spinned and Tim was like oh a bit you know shocked uh, I, I think he uh, even slightly hurt his neck or whatever it was chest it was quite stressful that whole sequence of course all the long shots were done with stunts but uh, there's a lot of shots that we did 
ourselves. Glad I insisted you brought that cello. And then other shots, which were much easier, where we were actually attached to a, a car when it was the close-ups on us. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But uh, we did spend, you know, uh, at least two days doing uh, all of that filming in the cello case. So I, I won't forget it. I don't think the audience has either. <laughs> no, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, no, it was good. Uh, very inventive um, idea. Um, but yeah, no, it, that, that was probably the most stressful stunt for me to do because I did a little bit easy stunts uh, in, uh, in Morocco, but very easy. I mean, all the real stunt was done with the, 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 I had a stunt double called, I think she was called Helen and then Nick, Nick Gillard. I remember I had two stunt doubles with wigs. <laughs> all, right, okay. to do all, the, all the, all the very uh, difficult stunts but I did one or one or two easy ones you know like jumping off a wall and following Timothy you know and uh, got an applause because they were going to do it in two shots but John Glenn said you know if you if you follow t- Tim and you you're, you're willing to to jump whatever how many feet it was uh, off the wall I'll just keep the camera rolling and 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 I did and so little things like that and uh, and the horse riding there were quite a few shots with the, with the horse but a lot of it also was done with the Nick Gillard who was my stunt double I had the most beautiful horse um sadly the horses when we were there were catching uh, this uh, virus they had of, of a cough mm. uh like some form of a pneumonia that they had it was terrible a lot of those horses oh. were you know but no it was a uh, Morocco was very you know it was it was hard work but it was very exhausting it was beautiful and fun yeah. Do you find the, the sort of the experience of making, you know, a Bond film was almost like sort of 
boot camp for further, you know, projects where you get thrown into this huge machine of stunts and this and then acting. Yeah, you, you get you get thrown in on on a, on a huge machine, uh, a big, a big, you know, a big Hollywood movie. So yeah, it's completely different from working on a low budget. That's for sure. So yeah, no, it's uh, and it demands uh, demands discipline. Of course, uh, there are some pluses from a low budget. So low budget, you work six days a week. Uh, and now it's like more than like 12 hours a day and you don't have time off or even time nights seven days a week, you know. And there we had, I think uh, most weekends were well, one weekend off, you know, out of two weekends. And then you would have one Sunday off. You know what I mean? Two days, mm. one weekend and then one day. They were very uh, respectful of the time of uh, making sure the actors were okay, were not overworked. Uh, but we did, you know, you have to work uh, hard on, on a Bond film because it's a big budget for them and every hour costs money. So, and the location work was the hardest uh, for them, for the producers, because they've got to make sure they get it in the can on that day. Once you're in the studios, you know, you have more flexibility. So You went to Vienna as well, of course, and the famous Prater we, Wheel. We opened, we opened, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we opened in Vienna. Uh, the first two weeks of shooting, we were there. And we shot in that wonderful, yeah, Prater. Was it? What is it called? Yeah, the Prater. Prater, Prater yeah, I have been. What yeah, is that? Probably. You mean the, the with the wheel? You're talking about you're talking about the the uh, the fun fair. The fun fair, yeah. There the was a the ghost ride, <laughs> the roller coaster, and yeah, then the wheel. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, that roller coaster was another one that I, I had a bit of a problem with. <laughs> we were night shooting uh, there when there were no crowds. Did have a problem with that. I, I, I really, because I, I got vertigo. So <laughs> going down these, you know, we, we only had about, we did two or three takes of it, but say so they put a camera, but oh my God, I felt like my stomach was moving out and then I was going to jump out. <laughs> I did not enjoy it at all. Timothy was laughing through it all, but I, I did not enjoy it. I was really glad we'd be done on two takes or three takes. I was like, oh, don't make me go up there again. This one. He won you that thing, didn't he? Shooting in the shooting contest, he won you that sort of Dumbo elephant character. Oh, yeah. You don't still have that, do you, Marianne? <laughs> no, I, 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 I never, I never owned it. It's no. kind of props. It's props. I never had that. Uh, that uh, was a big. Uh, yeah, it was an elephant, wasn't it? A big yeah. elephant. Dumbo. I never saw it. In fact, once we did shot it, it was gone. That was it. <laughs> you know, once we shot the scene. If you've seen the new Bond film, it, there's, there's obviously uh, another little toy in that, so it reminded me of that. But in what the, was the toy in the new Bond film? I don't remember. The, the, the child's toy, his, his child's toy, Doodoo. I don't the know whether toy. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, his girl at I the end was carrying it around with her, and it's, uh, yeah. No, I do not remember. <laughs> I went to the premiere yeah, yeah. here in London, and uh, sometimes when you, when you go to a, a royal premiere, you get a bit distracted. Yeah. It's not like going to a screening and you... you <laughs> I don't really remember. I mean, I remember other things in the film, uh, you know, uh, and uh, Daniel being uh, really great uh, and many things, many good things about it. But don't remember that toy. <laughs> Take me on the wheel. What's wrong? Why do we stop? I arranged it. You could be here all night. 
don't. It's impossible. Knowing you only two days and all I can think of is how we would be together. Don't think. Just let it happen. Going on to the, the No Time to Die, do you, do you think that um, Daniel Craig has certainly followed in the footsteps of Timothy Dalton in terms of his portrayal as Bond? It was a decision that uh, very cleverly um, Barbara Broccoli felt that after uh, the Twin Towers 9-11 that Bond could not come back. It needed to be really like more of a, a killer, more, more, more edge, more, more modern with what was going on in the world, you know. She's the one who uh, fought for Daniel Craig with her, her brother, Michael Wilson, uh, for the studios to, um, to accept Daniel Craig because he was not a big star then, but he was a very, very good working actor. And uh, they won. They won. And uh, Daniel, uh, they were very, very clever about... Um, Barbara was very clever about that uh, move because uh, I think... Um, uh, the Daniel Craig's uh, Bond movies have grossed more money than any other Bond movies. I know times have changed uh, as far as grossing money, but they have been the most successful Bond movies, certainly uh, three uh, or four of uh, the ones he did. Two yeah, or three yeah. at Skyfall and Casino Royale. And huge hit. And this one's been, uh, uh, was number one at the box office yeah, worldwide yeah. for a long time. So, um, you know, they, they're very clever in their choices and very, they, they think about it very carefully. Uh, and so, yeah, that was his last, uh, uh, what do you call it, swan song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, final. <laughs> yeah, final, yeah. I know, it, well, obviously, in the new films, there's been a real, in the, the, the Craig films, there's been a real kind of effort to put emphasis on the, the weight of Bond's relationships with women. Now, in, in my opinion, this is possibly controversial, Bond's relationship with Cara, I think, is the most believable romance of the whole franchise. I think it's, I think... I, you know, really? if Bond ended up with any any of the Bond girls long term, it's Cara for me. You know, she's who we who we, we marries because I think they say it's such a romantic, it's such a romantic and sweet film. Oh. And I wondered how much sweet. you know, with with John Glenn being quite relaxed. You know, you're saying how much of of Cara's kind of character because she is so sweet, isn't she? She is naive, but also she's really brave. She's really courageous yeah. and. Um, how much kind of freedom did you and Timothy have to kind of develop, to portray that relationship, kind of develop that on screen? Really, um, the, 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 there was a lot of freedom in, in, in well, trying to be authentic, you know, uh, and, and emotionally in the right place. But uh, the, the, the lack of freedom that you have in film is um, time. But John was always trying to give us, you know, as much time as, as much rehearsal time. Sometimes when we were on vacation, there was no time, but he always respected um, that. So no, it was it was it was uh, it was very comfortable. They, I have to say, they respected um, for the actors to to find um, the the tone of the scene and and, and it being uh, uh, authentic. Where have you been, James? You were gone so long. I was worried. It's always nice to be missed. Still no sign of Yogi. No, please. Go and play. No. Let's have a drink. You remembered? To us. Nazdravie. 
Did I get it right? Hmm. Perfect. Now, what's the matter? Cara, it's time I told you the truth. I'm not a friend of Yorkie's. I'm a British agent looking for him. He's betrayed us all, Cara. The Russians, the British. Even you. He told us a sniper might try to kill him. Then he set you up as the sniper, Cara. He wants you dead. You knew too much. Liar! You pretended to love me. I telephoned Whitaker. Georgi was there. He told me the truth. You're a KGB agent using me to find him and kill him. No, that's not... That's not true. I... That's... Chloral hydrate. Keep your hands off! Listen to me! You got that when the rifle was shot out of your hand. How do you know? Because I was the... I was the man sent to kill you. Why didn't you? I think uh, Tim will, will, all his work, you know, is always very, uh, very much comes from a, a true place, whatever character he plays. So it was, it was great. And I mean, I have to say, uh, Tim uh, was so um, good uh, in convincing me that he was Bond, that I was sort of transported by, 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 by his acting, by uh, him, his character. So that proves that he was, what a good actor. He is because I need bond as my bond, so um, you know that's thanks to Tim a lot, and thanks to uh, uh, John Glenn's uh, uh, sensitivity, understanding, and as you say, giving us the respect and freedom to to find uh, the tone of that scene, the rhythm, you know, and mm. so yeah, we did to answer all we answer, we did have the freedom. I'm just thinking sometimes you don't have the freedom because suddenly there's no time, you're on location. You've just got to, you know, wing it. And sometimes winging it can be okay, good too. And very yeah. sort of, you know, spontaneous in the moment. But uh, we were very lucky. We were very lucky. And it, it really shows, doesn't it? I think, you know, there are so many touching moments in the in the film between, you know, like even at the end where you, where the, the, the plane is crashed, the plane is, the plane is, yeah, the plane is crashed and you know, there's been the tense sort of fight hanging off the plane and then you and Bond have escaped out the back. You and, you and Bond, Cara and Bond. <laughs> and excited now. And uh, and you hold, you know, you hold hands. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I know. Like, there's just so many like touching little, little moments for me that portray a depth of relationship that I don't think you get in any other Bond film. Really? Personally. My God, yeah. well, I'm very lucky to be yeah. interviewed. <laughs> 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 That's very sweet of you. Really, really sweet of you. Thank you. Thank you. You were fantastic. We're free. Cara, we're inside a Russian airbase in the middle of Afghanistan. I'll try the small key. At least we're together. Terrific. Come on. Well, I don't know if you've seen a documentary that I produced. Yes, yes. Uh, girls yeah. are forever. Fantastic. So there you get a sort of a, an idea of the uh, evolution of, of how the 
the character and the relationship evolved didn't it, over time between uh, yeah. the relationship between uh, uh, the Bond girl and uh, well, the Bond woman or the Bond girl yeah. and James Bond. So it was very interesting to hear all the point of views and uh, the takes of the, of the actresses what they experienced and uh, and yeah and I think everybody has their favorite you know there's, yeah. there's no right or wrong but everybody has their favorite you know uh, favorite Bond favorite Bond girl you know it's 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 normal yeah um, it's generational as you say isn't it you know I grew up Bond, you know Living Dallas is my Bond film you know that was the first Bond film that I saw so you know for me oh, Bond is right. you know, is, but it's it's fun. But I also think that from a, even if you're not looking at it from um from a generational perspective, obviously, you know, I'm, I am biased, obviously. But I do think also that empirically, Cara is a kind of woman's Bond girl, I think, because she's, you know, she's sexy, but she's not yeah. sexualized. She's, yeah. she's, you know, she's kind of got a, re- a realness about her. You know, she's she's not a kind of cardboard cutout of her character. And she has a real, she challenges him and she has a real story arc. Yeah, that's always down to what's written on the page. Mm. So they decided to bring more of a story between uh, in the relationship. And that is, you, have, you know, you are the, uh, dependent of, of that script and that the role that's on the page. Uh, and they gave me that role. Mm. Uh, and uh, they obviously thought I could do, do well with it. But it yeah. was on the page. I, I didn't improvise anything at all. Uh, it's all on the page. Yeah, and it, it was it was it was really nice. I had it, it was fun. It was nice, and it's so long ago now. But I'll always have some fun memories and, and lovely memories of of uh, shooting on that film. Uh, very really very very fond very fond memories. It's unforgettable for anybody, I think, to be on a Bond movie. Uh, and I was very lucky to be on those locations, you know. Um, not like <laughs> Judy Dench, who who was marvelous, was marvelous as M. She uh, she was always stuck in, in in the studios in London, except I think one film yeah. where suddenly she went on location. Yeah. <laughs> there two films she went on location in the end. But when I interviewed her, she was not traveling at all. She was just stuck <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. studio. <laughs> she didn't get she didn't get that luck, but. Uh, then she did. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, no. Very, very. Uh, and I love the locations where we went. I love Morocco and uh, and Vienna. It was you know, it was it was really really nice. I can't. There's nothing faulty about about that experience. Nothing. There's no criticism to 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 make at all. <laughs> it was really um, very special. You mentioned yes. obviously being at the, the the royal premiere of No Time to Die, but obviously the Living Daylights got a royal. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we it, did it, with it, Diana and Charles and, and, Charles. Mm. and uh, it was uh, quite funny because um, we uh, Timothy uh, um, it was organised for Timothy and I to go to the premiere together, and uh, he came. I mean, I lived in Fulham, and he came in one of those big cars that they uh, they uh, uh, had, and uh, there's so much traffic in Fulham in the small little roads, streets. We got stuck in Fulham Broadway and the traffic and all that. I mean, by the time we arrived in Leicester Square, they had shut, you know, uh, the possibility of coming all the way in front of the cinema with the car at the OD in Leicester Square. And uh, we had to go through uh, with the car, but we just arrived late when they were shutting it because of the royal family. And the policeman there, the Bobby, wouldn't let us in. 
and he didn't believe anything that Timothy was saying. And Timothy, well, we actually, the, I'm the lead in the Bond movie. And he says, yeah, yeah. And, and you're going to tell me now that you're George Lazenby, you know. And so, <laughs> so we had to get out of the, of the car uh, and uh, move through the crowds. And because we were not, neither of us were, were well, were, we were unknowns in, in the Bond, you know, fan world, completely unknowns. And uh, we had to move in the crowd. And I was wearing a, a wonderful Emmanuel Ungaro dress, which was quite tight around the ankles. So I was walking like a, a little geisha. You know, uh, and uh, it was very, very, very uh, uh, a heat wave. And uh, anyway, we arrived late. And then, we, you know, you have to uh, be there for... For when uh, uh, they when you greet uh, well, when you greet when uh, Diana and, and Prince Charles came to say hello to to, to us um, before uh, we went into the, the 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 screening, but then I was sitting next to uh, Prince Charles and uh, <laughs> unfortunate for him he kept asking me all these questions about stunts and I <laughs> about all the scenes that he was interested in which were not the love scenes but more the scenes with with Tim and the stunts and I couldn't answer any of the questions <laughs> he was asking. So it was quite funny. It was quite funny. I was a bit, <laughs> but he was very excited by it. He had fun watching it. Uh, he, he, he really enjoyed it. And I, I guess Diana enjoyed it too. Uh, and they had come on set uh, once uh, while we were at Pinewood. So yeah, it was a lovely role premiere. It was lovely. And those were the days when role premieres were more intimate, more, yep. you know, now it's like a zoo. It's just like, <laughs> it just kind of lost the, uh, the it's lost the, for me, the romance anyway of, of, of the red carpet. It's all a bit sort of on a, on a massive scale now for the young generation, but not me anymore. <laughs> so uh, I very much was very lucky. And we had some lovely premieres uh, around the world. So. <laughs> So there we are. Do you want another ride? <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us. And like we say, we're obsessed with The Living Daylights and Cara. Such a, oh, amazing I'm so manga. glad. It's really nice to hear that because yeah. uh, it's always nice to hear. And everybody has, as I said, you know, different opinions. Uh, so it's really nice to hear that you, you love it even today. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Not Especially. at all. You know, that it's, Especially got, today. it's great <laughs> entertainment, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad that uh, you liked also Karamilovi. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Love her. The accent. <laughs> so, well, thank Brilliant. you very much. Um, yeah. thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and uh, very, very happy to talk to you. And I'm so glad that... Uh, you, you, the Living Day House is one of your favourites. Probably said that to all of them. No, no, no. Genuinely. Really is. Really is. Oh, as well. well. It's very, very, yeah. very nice to hear. Take care and uh, and all the best. Thank, Thank you, you. Mariam. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You didn't think I'd miss this performance, did you?
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.